Welcome to the engrafted word from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Line of Judah Cathedral, Cape Coast, with Bishop Jake Godwill. This rich teaching will bring encouragement, hope, light into every darkness, healing, deliverance, and salvation to the longing soul. Join Bishop Jake Godwill as he ministers the engrafted word of God, which is able to save the soul. Today, God has blessed us again with our bishop. He has given him another powerful word for us. How many of us are expecting a powerful word today? I say, how many of us are expecting a powerful word today? Today, God will speak to you. I say, today, God will speak to you. Hallelujah. If you are excited and you are believing God and you know that God has anointed our bishop, that a word is coming your way this morning and you are excited the way I am excited and you are prepared for the word that is coming this morning can we give the Lord a shout and a clap of in and let's welcome our bishop Bishop Jake Godwill Hallelujah Hallelujah Amen Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I am excited, I'm standing by you. Hallelujah. Let us share a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you. We are here for our, an encounter. May we never leave this place disappointed. We are here for an encounter with God. May God touch our lives. May the Holy Ghost touch our lives. May the Spirit of God minister to everyone here. Minister miracles. Minister breakthroughs. Minister your power. Thank you, dear Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody shouted, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 15 and verse number 16. John 15 and 16 Jesus speaking said You have not chosen me But I have chosen you And ordained you Or appointed you That you should go And bring forth fruits Hallelujah And that your fruit should remain That whatsoever ye shall ask Of the Father in my name He may give it you Say with me, I am ordained to be fruitful. I am appointed to be fruitful. Barrenness is not my portion. It does not belong to me. In the name of Jesus, I am ordained, I am appointed, and I am anointed to be fruitful. In the name of Jesus, and barrenness is not my portion. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are appointed to be fruitful. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you. Say with me, I am chosen. And you shall be chosen many times. 
you shall be selected many times. You shall be selected among many people. May you be the chosen one. In the name of Jesus. Believe these things so. Believe what I'm telling you. Believe things that I'm, I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking into your life. I am prophesying into your life. I am speaking to mountains to adjust themselves. Jesus said, and ye shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and it will happen if you believe it. And if you believe it, it will happen. I said, may you be chosen. May you be selected in the name of Jesus. One of the things that happens in this world constantly and consistently is that people are always being chosen. Yeah. To become a wife, you have to be chosen. To become a husband, you have to be chosen. To become an employee, you have to be chosen. To become a student in a school, you have to be chosen. Yeah, anything, any job, to be a driver, to be a, a tenant, even a tenant, you have to be chosen. Yeah, you can go, the landlord is there, the house is there, but he looks at you and says, no. Where's your, your tribe, your this, your that. By the time you mention three things, he said, no, I can't give the house to you. May you be chosen. Money will be in your pocket too. The house is empty. But he said, no, not you. Then you have to continue. The job is there. You have the qualification. But for some reason, they are not choosing you. May you be chosen. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, I have chosen you and I have ordained you that you should go forth and bring, you should go and bring forth fruit. Amen. Amen. Now, throughout the Bible, there is something that is associated with God's creation. Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Look to your left. Look to your right. What do you see? You see fruitfulness. You see green. You see grass. Just weed the land and leave it there. <laughs> By the time you come, the weeds are growing on their own accord. Unless you are on the Sahara Desert. Do you understand? But naturally, trees will grow, weeds will grow, things will grow, and they will reproduce themselves. Because God has ordained it. He has appointed it. When he planted, when he created the first tree, or any, the first orange tree that God ever created, he appointed that orange tree to be fruitful. And it has been fruitful ever since. It will never cease in your time. Every animal that God created, the first cow he created, say the first cow, I don't think God made one million cows. The Bible says he made everything, male and female. Male, female, male, female. And then he appointed them or ordained them to be fruitful. And he set the ball rolling. And those two cows in the days of Adam and Eve have been doing a good job till tomorrow. It will never cease in your time. He made them male and female. Adam. One Adam, one Eve. God didn't make Eve, Evelyn, uh, Evelina, 
and Rosalind. No, no, no. Adam and Eve. And not Adams and Eve. Or Adam, Adamu. Adama. And no, no, no. Everybody say Adam. Eve. And he appointed and ordained them to be fruitful. Until tomorrow. We are seeing their fruit. It will never cease in your time. In the name of Jesus. Now, as we have been discussing the, the, the farm church, for those who have been following, the farm church um, from Matthew 20, um, talking about seeing the church as a farm, because Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a man who went out early in the morning to hire laborers to work on his vineyard, to hire laborers to come and work on his farm. And he was talking about the kingdom of God. Do you see? And we've gone through so many points that see the church as a place of work. See the church work is like, it's like a farm work. It needs a lot of people. And um, all the things that apply to a farm apply to the church, apply to the kingdom. Fruitfulness, planting, growing, flourishing, harvest. It's, it's like that throughout. Say amen. Now, one of the things you encountered, last week I was sharing about workers. Do you remember? Last Sunday I was sharing about workers in the vineyard or types of workers. And today I wanted to continue, but I, I want to move on to something else. Alright? Now, one of the things many farmers pray against, they don't want to experience it at all. Do you see is a situation of barrenness. When I say barrenness, it's like they plant, they plant corn or whatever, and they get nothing. Either nothing or next to nothing. You see, if you go and buy uh, a large piece of land like this, like this whole compound, and you plant maize everywhere, you plant maize, and harvest time, you harvest only one sack, one cocoa sack of corn. That's all you got. That's all you got. With all your effort, with all your time, with all your investment, all you got is one cocoa sack full of corn cups. Hey. So that, that is barrenness. Getting very little out of a lot of effort or getting nothing. Dry, dry, dry. Say dry, dry, dry. I've flown over the Sahara Desert a couple, a couple of times. And when you look down, you can't believe what you see. Even the atmosphere is brown. The air above is, is just some brownish air. The dust. And looking down, is dry. In a few places, you may see pools of water. And you see some green uh, greenery around them. But everywhere is so dry, so barren. You will never be barren. One of the things every couple, since I've been a pastor for some years, every couple, one of the things they pray against is a situation of barrenness or seeming barrenness. You see, seeming barrenness because sometimes they've been married one year into the marriage, there's no child, two years. But sometimes it's just delayed. And it will come. It will happen in your case. Amen. 
So, but it's something that nobody wants. Nobody wants. Every couple prays for fruit. Fruit of the womb. If you go to many prayer places, uh, prayer camps and prayer places, you will, you, you will encounter that one of the commonest things that many women there are praying for is praying for the fruit of the womb. Praying to be pregnant. Praying at least. I mean, some of them, one, even one pregnancy, they have not seen it. Okay, they should even be pregnant and then um, they should miscarry so that they see that the factory is working. <laughs> I will say the factory. But even that, that one cry, they have not seen it. And you, you, you have no idea. You have no idea how it feels like. Do you see? And sometimes too, the factory is working, but it's like they have continuous, a continuous miscarriage. They get pregnant, third month, it's gone. Third month, it's gone. I know a lady like that, it happened about four times. Four times. And through prayer, I remember meeting her at the Kodesh once, and she ran. She said, Bishop, I'm pregnant again. Pray with me. I said, Lord, let this be it. Next time she told me, Bishop, I'm five months. Next time I'm six months. I'm seven months. I am nine months. Then the next time I saw the picture of the baby. Hallelujah. And God has done it again. She's had a second baby. It will happen to you. Your problem will be how to stop it. How to stop the children from coming. And before you realize, you have a football team in your house. Hey. Receive the blessing of fruitfulness. Receive the blessing of fruitfulness. Receive the blessing of fruitfulness. In the name of Jesus. And don't think that it's automatic. Look, I used to think that things were just automatic. When I was a younger Christian, I used to think that, look, once you serve God, once you are born again, and once you serve God, and once you don't do bad things, Charlie, this will happen, this will happen, you finish school, you get a job, you get this, you get a wife, you marry, things, everything will be okay, like that. Ah, that's, that's how I used to think. But as I've grown in the Lord, I've realized that, Charlie, until the more, until the more, bad things happen to very good people, and good things also happen to very bad people. So they can see a very bad person. He's enjoying good things. But this God cried. Even I, the pastor, if I had the power to share miracles, I know the people I will share the miracles. This miracle, divert to this one. Divert to this one. O- over, overcome this one. Go over this head and go to this one. But as a pastor, I don't even have, I don't even have, sometimes when you pray, you don't know, you don't know who is going to receive the miracle. You pray, you release power. I don't, you don't even know. You lay hands on people. You don't even know who will be truly blessed. Yeah. You can't determine it. Because I'm, I'm, I'm just a vessel God is using. Hallelujah. May you be fruitful. May you be fruitful. May you be fruitful. Amen. Now, you must be fruitful. Every believer is ordained to be fruitful 
in three dimensions because every Christian, every human being is a three dimensional human being. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. See my spirit, my soul, and my body. Believe God for fruitfulness in all these three areas. Amen. Being fruitful in body is what we normally know. And mostly in marriage. Alright. Being fruitful in your soul, in your mind. You can relate it to your job, your academic work. And that, that, that area of your life. That you should be fruitful there. If you are in school, you should be fruitful. How do you determine fruitfulness in school? When you write exam, you should pass. You can't go to school for four years and come out with nothing. Nobody here will come out with a third class or no class or zero class or a tenth class. Receive academic fruitfulness in the name of Jesus. May you do well in school. How do you spend six years in primary? Six years in primary. Still six years in primary. And then a plus KG and all the before ones. And after that, when you write exam, you are getting 30%, 29%, 20, 10%. It will never happen to your child. Receive fruitfulness in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, those are all those areas. Your job. May you be fruitful in your job. Hallelujah. You've spent years in school learning, whatever, gaining qualification. Now there's no job. Now, let, let me tell you something. By the way, I'll be meeting, how many here are involved in um, the area of, maybe you're, you're a cook, you cook, you're involved in cooking. Um, cooking. Yeah, lift your hand, lift your hand. Okay, who is also here? You are interested in cooking, including men. I have a special meeting with you after service. Including men, you are interested in cooking or being trained, even. Lift your hand. All right? Wonderful. So, all those, all those, please, not eating or cooking. <laughs> cooking. All right? So, all, everybody involved there, um, please, after service. Um, we'll, we'll meet. I'll meet with you briefly. All right. Somebody should remind me because some of these things can easily forget. Who, who will remind me? You remind me. So after service, all those related. Please, even if it is not announced again, just I will either be here or here or somewhere. Just chase me. Just gravitate towards me. Okay. All right. Now, so um, you must be fruitful in your job. Do you see? And. Believe, look, if you are in this church, if you are a member of this church, there is a grace on your life. Uh, I have to tell you, some of us don't know what we have. There is a certain grace. You see, when, when, when you are in a family and your father truly gave birth to you, truly, <laughs> Because sometimes you're in a family, but your, your father is not really your father. But even if you're, but you have come under his covering and his care for some time, some of his traits must be seen in you. 
Yeah, some of you, if you're a good child, I believe you, some of his traits, you must even learn some of his traits. Now, listen, our father, Bishop Dagiwood Mills, there's something he said, he said, and I don't know, yesterday, this whole thing was just playing back in my heart and in my mind in a way that I've never really thought through like that. He said, since he was born, he had never been chosen for something. Not even class captain. When they are choosing a class captain, he was never chosen. Class cap- Do you know class captain? Or blackboard monitor, blackboard cleaner that they are choosing this day. You clean the blackboard. Or uh, what did you say? Cardboard, cardboard monitor. That you are in charge of the cardboard. You pack the books, primary school and all that. He was never chosen. Section leader. All, he was never selected. Maybe how he looked or whatever. He always ignored him. When he went to secondary school, he was never chosen. He was in a Chimota school. He was not chosen for anything. He became born again, even in the scripture union. He was never chosen, given any post. Secretary, president, vice president, this, that. Never, never, never. And I think one time when he was in like sixth form or so, I think when they chose and chose and chose and chose, then they remembered that, ah, we have left this guy. <laughs> Everybody say this guy. <laughs> yeah. So they gave him, they created a new position that didn't exist. Prayer secretary of the West compound. Because Chimota School had two compounds. And I think the main, everything was happening on the Eastern compound. So press secretary to the west. It's like it didn't exist. Nothing was happening there, but you just be praying, just be praying around that place. But you see, there was a grace. Ah, that grace is upon his children in the name of Jesus. Now, now this is the beginning. This is what I want you to recognize. When he was placed there or pushed there or whatever that the grace began to manifest. Then he began to pray and to create a fellowship on the western side. Scripture union fellowship on the western side of the compound. And little by little, it began to grow. And it began to, the fellowship there began to grow and to do so well that now people were moving from the eastern side to the western side. Yeah. And he says... Your father and my father, he said that even though he has never been chosen for anything, anything he has done in life, he has created it. Anything he has done, anything he is in life, anything he, 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 he created it in that way. He formed it, he initiated it, and things like that. It's only recently, after all these years, that he's been chosen and selected for things. Put your hands together for the Lord. Recently, he was selected as one of the, a a member of the seven member committee of the Pentecostal World Fellowship, which which is a fellow of about 10,000 different Pentecostal congregations with the top 
world top pastors. Top pastors in the world. The first African to ever be selected and to be put on this committee. It's not a small thing. It's not a small thing. Did, did any of you see it in the newspapers? Yeah, newspapers, radio, they picked it up. Because for a Ghanaian from Kolegono, from Kolegono, to be selected to be there. You? Okay, try, try to become one of them. Just try. <laughs> in case you don't respect, try. Alright. Now, the point, I'm, the point I'm bringing across is that the accepting grace of creating things. Lighthouse Templeton, it didn't exist. He, he, through the grace of God and the direction of the Lord, he formed it. And he has been forming things or establishing things all along. I am saying this to say that many of us here stop looking for jobs. Start creating jobs. There's a grace in the house. There's a grace in the house. Stop looking for jobs. Do you see? Especially if you have been looking for a job for a long time and you are not getting. Start thinking, Lord, what would thou have me do? And believe God for a grace to start. Hmm? And learn the principles of how to start small. Get the book, The Art of Following. And read about the art of following David. You will see how David started small. David started as a houseboy. His journey to the throne started by working like a houseboy. Learn how to start small. Learn how to be humble. The only job that starts from the top is grave digging. Or digging a hole. Starts from the top. But every job starts from down. But many people want to start big. May you be humble. And learn of your father. Learn of your father. Learn of your father. Learn of your father. Those of you who are privileged to be asked to start a basel, asked to start a church, asked to start a branch, asked to start something in the church, asked to start a choir, asked to start something in the church, you stop complaining. Stop complaining. Stop behaving. Let me use the word that I should use. Stop behaving in a stupid way. Stop behaving in a stupid way. Stop behaving in a stupid way. You, you, you are running away from your blessing. You are running, you are escaping the grace. The grace that will make you great. Because you see, there, there is an, there's a grace to start things. There's a grace to start things. Not everybody is a starter. I learned in my life, I, I wasn't, I, wasn't a, a, I realized at a point in my life that I was not, I didn't have the grace of starting things. In fact, I, there are too many fears in me that we, to start something. To start something. I would like to be part of something that, is, that has started. Yeah. But me alone, I should start. Hey. But little by little, as I stayed in, I began to imbibe the grace. I began to drink of the grace. I began to walk in the grace. Hallelujah. Yeah. So I always said that, as for me, I, 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 will, I can never start a business. To start it, no, 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 no. But now, 
Now I can start a business. If I'm called to start, a, I, I can start. I have, I have, I have a lot of business minds, it, business ideas in my mind. I'm looking for those to download. Charlie, you can do this. You can do this. You can do. If only, if, if only you are ready. If only you are ready. So, fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. You must be fruitful. I don't want anybody to be in the church for years. I don't have a job. I've been applying to Ministry of PWD. They don't mind me. Ministry of uh, Education. They don't mind me. Ministry of Health. They don't mind me. Ministry of Mpatwamba. Uh, they don't mind me. Now I'm just sitting at home, eating and sleeping and waking up every day. Minister of Mpatwamba. <laughs> Your story is changing. Hallelujah. Now, in the same way, you must be fruitful spiritually. It is, if it is a curse, you see, why go to prayer camps. What television? If I, I didn't know. Recently, God, normally when I put on my TV straight, Healing Jesus TV, or I'm watching some news. But recently, I was just scrolling through. I said, what, what else is on TV? Hey, I saw prophets, churches. What? Go, many of the people that are praying for fruitfulness. You see a lot of ladies praying. And it, 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 it's a serious, it's a serious problem. I understand them. I understand them. Do you see? Yeah. One time I saw somebody praying for the singles, singles, whatever. And I saw plenty of women. Hey, some are even elderly. Come and see how they are praying. God, give me just one husband. Just one, just husband, husband. I said, hey, look at how people are praying. But some have husbands and they are just pooping on the husband, wee-wee on the husband, jumping and stepping on the husband. And just, they don't even value what they have. Come and see how people are crying. Hey, and they were standing. Oh, there's no, I said, there's no chair. I was looking, I said, how come everybody is standing? Then I read, there's no chair there. <laughs> everybody is standing throughout. And the man is taking his time, he's preaching and leading them in prayer. I said, hey. It is not easy. Receive grace and fruitfulness. In Jesus' name. Alright? So, if barrenness is a curse, you must avoid it like you will avoid a rattlesnake. If barrenness will make people go to great extents, and ladies go to great extents, a, a, a lady, a woman, I heard the story, I mean, she went to this juju man, she wanted to be pregnant, she wanted to have a child, she was not getting a, the juju man said, lie down or whatever, she, he took a snake and inserted the snake into her. And you know, your friend was saying, hey, inserted a snake into her vagina and the snake too entered and when it was walking inside her, and she got up and she was, she, she turned the juju and she was walking into her smiling. Hey, Charlie, 
You brothers, be careful. There are people with live snakes inside them. Live walking mobile snake inside. With a nice smile on the face. Yeah. And when you say, say, whoosh, I feel something. Whoosh. Hmm. Uh, don't, don't, don't let me say something that I shouldn't be saying in the church. Yeah. So you, 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 you think that you are sleeping with a, a woman. You are actually sleeping with a snake. Snake. The mouth of the snake is what has been opened like that. One time, a, a guy went to sleep with some girl. I mean, they had been sleeping together for some time. One, one day, in the night, he was trying to touch the girl to see whether there could be another. When he touched he felt something wet. Felt all his hands were wet. He, said, ah, what did I? he touched again. Wet. So, and they, they, they covered with a blanket or whatever. So, he lifted the cloth to look to see why, why am I touching wet, whatever. Hey, do you know what he saw? From here down was a fish. Here down fish wet fish wet fish I don't know why I'm telling you all these things let's come back to the road so be careful some of you men who just follow anything when the thing is in skirt then you are zooming be careful some are snakes, some are fish I don't know what, what else some are May you be delivered. And she be, be a proper Christian. Oh. Christians, let's be Christians. Let's be Christians, alright? Now, you must be spiritually fruitful. Spiritually fruitful. Alright? Now, you see, koto ngu anoma. A koto does not woe an anoma. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yes. So, if you see a mango tree producing pear fruit, you, you, must be very, you must be very careful of what you are seeing. Alright? And if you see a human being who goes to the labor ward and goes to chim, you understand, goes to chim, and comes out with a baby dog, and she, the woman is your wife, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to tell you what you must do after that. But you have to ask her where she got the dog from. That's what you have to ask her. Alright. So you, if your spirit, soul and body. Man is a spirit, he has a soul, he lives in a body. And if you have to be fruitful. When Jesus said, go and bring forth fruit. He's also talking about giving birth to a spiritual baby. Alright, another Christian. That's all I'm saying. Another Christian. You must be able to produce another Christian. Another believer. Another disciple. That's all. That's all. Everybody say that's all. 
Hallelujah. And God is expecting us to be fruitful in that dimension, to be fruitful in that area. Amen. Now, one of the, there are several causes of barrenness. There are several reasons why sometimes women are unable to give birth. Sometimes from the man, sometimes from the woman, sometimes from both of them, sometimes it's from nothing. (laughs) Do you understand? All right. But where there's an identified cause, you must deal with it. All right. Now, also spiritually, there are causes of barrenness. One of the causes of barrenness, I treated it last Tuesday. I want everybody here to get the message. One of the causes of barrenness is, is familiarity. And familiarity operates in two dimensions. Sometimes familiarity with church service. See, familiarity means to, to know, to be, to be accustomed to something so well that you lose your, 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 your reverence, the fear, the awe. Do you understand? You don't respect the thing anymore. You just take it anyhow. Because you are so used to it. You are so used to it. Mm-hmm. So people say that, oh, when I go to church, what, what will I get? I know what they will do. I know the song they will sing. I know the preaching. I know this. I know this. I know that. You become familiar. You can become familiar with my preaching. That you, it comes to a time where you are no more blessed. And you rather begin to complain. You can become so familiar with everything in the church that now you move into criticism. You start finding faults. How it is not like this. How this one is not like that. And I went here. This is how it was. I went here. This is how it was. That, that, that's how you become. And it's because you have been going to too many places. Yeah. You have been going to too many places. Look. One day... I don't know why these examples are coming to my mind. A man married his wife. The wife said she was a virgin. The woman claimed she was a virgin. Then after some time of marrying and experiencing marital, you know. (laughs) Those of you have made your faces like angels as if you don't know what I'm talking about. You'll be there. When your day comes. One day the woman said, Ah, you are not like, you are not like the other men have. Then the man jumped and said, What? What did I hear? Then, suddenly she said, oh, that is not what I meant. And she started trying to explain what she couldn't explain again. Because she had already let the cat out of the bag. Because she, had, she, she was used to too many men. She had been used to too many men. And she wasn't getting satisfied by this one who had married her. And sometimes that's, that's the problem some church people have. Be delivered from that spirit. Alright? So familiarity. And you can become so familiar with the man of God. You can become so familiar with the man of God. Now, it is one of the causes of barrenness. And today, I pray that the Holy Spirit will help you to overcome it. Alright? Now, quickly, look at Second Samuel chapter 6. And verse number 20, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 20. Now David went home 
I'm reading from the contemporary English version. David went home so he could ask the Lord to bless his family. But Saul's daughter Michal, Michal was one of David's wives, went out and started yelling at him. You were really great today. She said, you acted like a dirty old man dancing half naked in front of your seven slave girls. David told her, the Lord didn't choose your father or anyone else in your family to be the leader of his people. The Lord chose me and I was celebrating in honor, in honor. Oh my God, my God, my God. I was celebrating in honor of him. I will show you how great I can be. I will even be disgusted to myself. But those slave servants you talked about will still honor me. Michal never had any children. Go to verse 23. 23. Therefore, Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto the day of her death. Now, listen, some of you are not accustomed to scriptural stories. David, King David, this is King David. All right? The Ark of God, there's something called the Ark of God in the Old Testament, where the presence of God dwelt and everything, was being moved. Some people came to capture it and they were going to bring it back. Now, on the way, something happened. Somebody went to touch it when he shouldn't have touched it, you see. And it's all about respecting the presence of God. Because the ark of God was like a box. It was made of a type of wood called shitting wood. Everybody say shitting wood. Uh, Say again, shitting. Does it sound like something you know? Uh, Now you talk, I'm no be me talk. You see, and God intentionally to shitting wood. You see, the, the, the things of God, eh, you can easily not respect them. So, it was in a box. It's like, what is this box? Many things happened to the box on its journey. It went to a town. Some people went to open it to look inside. 50,000 of them died. They went to look inside. What is inside this thing? Cry. They went to open it. Hey, that, 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 eh. Some of them were taking selfies, taking photographs, all kinds of things. 50,000 people died mysteriously. By what they did. Finally, when David was bringing it, somebody went to, the thing shook, and nobody was supposed to touch it. Only priests could carry it and everything. The guy, when he touched it, no, he died. And David left it in the man's house. Three months, the ark stayed in the man's house. The man's house, the man became blessed. The presence of God blessed him. Then he finally went for it. When they went for it, as they were coming, they were dancing, making sacrifice. Every six steps, they make a sacrifice. They were playing the harp. They were playing whatever. David was, King David was dancing, jumping, trumpet, dancing, praising God, singing, praising God. Tambourines, praising God. Praising God. His jacket came off. His whatever came off. I mean, he didn't care. He didn't care. He just was celebrating the presence of God. And the young ladies, May 7, were also dancing. Hey, the king is dancing. Me too. Let me go and dance around. King David was just dancing and praising God. His queenly wife was standing upstairs and looking. She had done her fingers. She had done her pedicure, manicure, mouth cure, hair cure, whatever, standing there, you know, like that queenly, looking at it. They said, what? 
Is that my husband, the king, dancing like that? What? How can a king disgrace himself so much? How can he, how can he make himself so base to be dancing among these young little nasty slave girls? I mean, how? When you are the one being. Hey! So, she was now sitting there waiting, tapping her foot. My husband, you will see something. I'm waiting for him. You will see something. Today, I really, I really teach him that I, the queen, I will not allow him to make himself so useless before these useless girls and nonsense. Hey! So, King David came. He came after everything. He was coming to, to come and release blessings upon the house with joy, with excitement. Coming to tell his wife, Charlie, how he's been great bringing the ark of God and everything. When he came and he opened the door, here was the wife. Her mouth had now become like a trumpet. Her eyes, she was tapping her foot like that, waiting. Uh-huh. So you've come, eh? You've come, eh? You've come, eh? You! You! David was wondering, ah, which of his servants is the wife talking? So he turned to see whether, and there was nobody said, ah, are you talking? Yes, I'm talking to you. I am talking to you. Listen to me. Hey, come and see how herself had come. Talking. I go back, go back to verse 20. He said, how, how, how the king made himself, look at the contemporary English version. He said, how can you were really great today. You acted like a dirty old man dancing half naked in front of your seven slave girls. Dirty old man. And David said, Is that you talking? Is that you talking? He said, God chose me. He didn't choose your father. He, he chose me to replace your father. He didn't choose any of your whoever. He chose me. He chose me. And it is before God. I am celebrating in honor of my God. And what God has done for me. That is what I am celebrating. I am not dancing before you. And he said, I am even going to be worse. I will abase myself even further. Is it the one you are complaining about? You have not seen anything yet. You have been seen. When it comes to me and my. You haven't seen anything yet. You are now going to see something. And the Bible says from that day, God did something. Everybody, everybody do this. Say, pa. Say, pa. Mm-hmm. From that day, God just, pa. No more. No more. No more children. I've closed the womb. God put the, the, the key into his pocket. He said, you can put a snake there. You can even put an elephant there. Anything, nothing, nothing. You can pour anointing oil there. You, you, you do anything. You can fast 70 days. 91 days, nothing. Nothing will move. The keys is in my pocket. Am I talking to anybody? It is called familiarity. Familiarity. Familiarity with the man of God. You don't value the man of God again. You don't value the man of God again. Now listen, as I close... But here's the most important thing. Every church, God gives you a man of God. And you must honor your man of God as a prophet. And the Bible says, he who gives 
the prophet, even a cup of water, you receive a prophet's reward. Amen. There are many other women who honored men of God in the Bible. One of them was the woman with the alabaster box. Matthew chapter 14, quickly. Matthew 14. You see the beautiful story there. Now, just come to verse um, verse 6. Look at verse 6. Matthew 14 and 6. And when... Go to look. Sorry, Mark. Mark, not Matthew. Mark. Mark 14. Mark 14. Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? You remember, this was a few days before Jesus died. And he went to the house of um, the house of Simon the leper. And as he was there, a woman came in. The Bible says a sinner woman. She came in and she came and broke her perfume, poured it on the feet of Jesus, poured it on the head, and she was weeping and wiping with the hair and everything. She honored Jesus with the best. She honored Jesus with something costly. She honored the man of God. She honored the prophet. And people were complaining. His disciples were complaining. That complaint was spearheaded by Judas. Judas was the one who spearheaded the complaint. Started memory. Then the others joined. Yeah. If this money and this thing, if it had been sold, we could have looked at a lot of poor people. Meanwhile, the Bible said, he said that not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He had been stealing the offering. He had, was not a tithe payer. He was a wicked person. A thief. Yeah. What are people who are complaining? Yeah, don't, don't, follow, don't follow somebody who is complaining. Don't go enjoy somebody, somebody's evil. Hmm? Am I talking? So... But look at what Jesus said. Say, why do you trouble? She has wrought a good work. He has done a good work on me. He has done a good work on me. She has done a good work on me. She has done a good work. Everybody say, she has done a good work. Hallelujah. And look at what Jesus said. Next, next, brother. For ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever ye will, you may do good unto them. But me... You have not always. But me, you have not always. Now, these, these are wisdom things everybody should know. He said, you have the poor with you always. And whenever you will, you can, do, you, can, you can do them good. You can do them good. Jesus is saying that. There's a time comes when instead of, instead of thinking about the poor, Instead of thinking about a time, a particular time, instead of thinking about the poor, you have to think about honoring the man of God. The poor will be there, but you move with another mind. Hallelujah. And the poor include even you yourself. You can also be poor. (laughs) But you have to move beyond your personal poverty and think about honoring the man of God. And say, she has wrought a good way. But me, you have not always. That is the point. Me, you don't have always. When God gives certain gifts, they are not there always. Amen. But he said, the poor, you always have them. Next verse, verse 8, quickly. So, he said, she had done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body. 
to the barren. Next verse, verse 9. So, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the whole world, this that the woman has done must also be spoken of as a memorial. Put your hands together. Put your hands together for them. Now, listen. Listen. To show that you are not familiar with a gift, with a gift of God or with a man of God, to show the tests, a litmus test that I have found is how you place value on the man or on the person that God has given to you. And to measure how much value you place on the person is to honor the man of God with a gift and a type of gift. Not just any, but a type of gift. That shows. This woman didn't just come with any other, but something that was so special. It was so costly. So costly. And she came and asked it to her. She wasted it on Jesus. Until you are doing something that looks as if you are wasting resources on your man of God. You are not yet there. Until you are doing something that sounds like you are wasting your resources on the man of God. You are not yet there. I want to say it again. Until you are doing something that looks like you are wasting your resources on your man of God. You are not yet there. Period. Until people begin to complain. That are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? Until you yourself, you start complaining to yourself. Am I out of my mind? I need rent. I need this. I need it. How can I take all this? Until you get to that point. You are not yet there. May you get there. I said, may you get there. Next week, Galatians 6 Sunday is our celebration Sunday. Jump those hands together properly. Listen, we are coming, we are coming as a church to honor our pastor. The Lighthouse Chapel International has one pastor. All of us are assistants. I am an assistant. This is our pastor. This is our daddy. This is our founder. He is our father. Jam those hands together for the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. If I am standing here, if we have this building as it's raining on the left and on the right, if we are sitting under a roof, it is through him. I thought I would hear an amen in the house. If you are sitting in a beautiful church, it was not my idea. It is his, his, his idea. He backed it. He backed it. The, all these church buildings. Some of you, people have come to Lighthouse Minister and said, um, We want to know which uh, architectural company has been designing your building so that we can also engage their services to help us to be building our churches exactly the same way as they are, that architectural company has been building your churches. Architectural company. Which one? The man sits there. Holy Spirit downloads the designs to him. Yeah. Download the designs. And he calls our own architects. He calls our own architects from the church. Do this, do this, let's do this. Do. Even our architects say, Bishop, it's not possible. He said, it is possible. I saw it. It's possible. Do it. Let's do it. It can work. You come to a beautiful compound like, don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. It is our season to honor the man of God. And to honor our prophet. And to honor our father. 
He doesn't need it. Jesus, do you think Jesus? Jesus, even the other one, oh, he have vaccines as well as a sensor. Then I wanna. He didn't need it. He didn't need it. But when the woman came to do it, said she has done a good work. Yeah, yeah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Father, I bless these envelopes as we release them for ourselves. That every one of us will return with a great honor to honor your servant whom you have given to us. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Open it for me. Listen, if you're a visitor, you are not obliged to to do that. But those of us who are in the house, in the family, you can't miss it out. Now, before you strike the organ, but get behind it. Next Sunday, everybody here, we are coming in. Our, our general dressing is going to be white. White, white, either African white or English white. Find something whitish. Wow. And it's a celebration service. And we are coming. Um, it is a three-dimensional service. Also. It's also a communion service. It's our tithe. We are coming with our tithe. Don't convert your tithe into this Galatians 6, 6 offering. It's not tithe. Don't convert your tithe into it. Tithe is separate. And this one is also separate. Amen. Amen. Come with your honor. Come with your honor. Come to honor the man of God. And I'm giving out special envelopes for everybody here. I've been saying it. That prepare your offering. Prepare your offering way ahead of time. And God is going to release great blessings. Next week, I will share with you many blessings that came to people who honored the man. One of the blessings we are seeing is this woman who we are still talking about today as a memorial. It's a blessing. May you be remembered. Strike the organ, brother. Father, let these emblems be blessed in Jesus' name. I, I feel I was going to give it to some of the pastors here to share, but I feel you should come for the envelope from my hand. Just come quickly. As many as can come, just come quickly. We believe you have been greatly blessed through this message. For prayer, counseling, or meeting with Bishop Jake, please call or text plus 233-263-090-000. That's plus 233-263-090-000. Till we come your way again, remain blessed.